welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I want to announce an event to you before I launch into the podcast episode. I'm organising a transformational event in Camden Town, London, Saturday the 30th of September um, this year, and it's all about the prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. And at the moment, it's a purely face-to-face event because I just thought after COVID, it's just so nice to get people together and have that sort of collective consciousness of energy and change. But we may also be offering it remotely if there is a demand. And I'm very aware that there are many listeners listening to the podcast that are all over the world. So if you would like to attend that event remotely and you would like us to run it remotely, do send me a DM at the eating disorder therapist underscore on Instagram. Thank you. So at this event, I'll be bringing together a group of experts in the field to really talk about how we can bring about change um, for how we address eating disorders, because we massively need a cultural shift. We need better education and awareness. And often people aren't getting the help until it's far too late in the day. You know, maybe they haven't even realized they've had an eating disorder. The seeds have been sown many years before. They've tried to seek help. People haven't understood the kind of help they need. They face dead ends and it just creates all kinds of problems. So if you are interested, go to my website, theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. There's a link from there that will take you straight through where you can read more about the event and if you can buy a ticket if you want to. Now I'm very aware as well that there are so many people that want to be part of this event and to sort of speak and, um, you know, sort of bring their voices to it. I have been so inundated with interest and passion for people wanting to take part that I cannot take any more people on this training. But I do plan to organise more in the future if this one goes well. So if you're not included this time, I really value your input, I really value your voice, and I hope to be planning more. It's very exciting times. Okay, so let's move on to the bite-sized episode today, and it's a question from a lovely listener. Now on this episode, I'm actually telling you the name of my listener, with her permission of course. She's called Lauren, because she's contributed a significant part to this episode because it's a topic I didn't really feel 100% qualified to write about, to speak about. So Lauren asked me, do you have any tips for navigating eating disorder recovery when because of long-term chronic illness, recovery will not bring physical health or the ability to do normal things that you want to do? Now Lauren has Bichette syndrome and gut dysmotility so she'll never be able to eat normally, feel well, or be able to work full-time, travel, not easily anyway, socialise as much as she'd like. And she finds, understandably, that this hampers her recovery, which is from anorexia. And she wondered if I had any ideas, because she knows that recovery is still better than staying ill with anorexia. It's just a very different recovery. Now this is a fantastic question because many people in the UK are living with chronic illness. Many people in the UK are living with chronic illness and eating disorders. 
Now, and as well, if you have a chronic illness, there's often very little that the medical professionals can do. So you can often feel really stuck, resigned to living with a condition, and it can be incredibly isolating and very lonely. So when Lauren approached me with this, I actually went back to Lauren and said, actually, I think it would just be great <laughs> for you to share some of your tips because you are really the expert here. I think, you know, for someone like myself who's in an able body, who hasn't struggled with chronic illness, and I'm very fortunate to be able to kind of go about my life pretty much as I want to with a lot of freedom, I think it's really, really hard to sometimes properly empathise and step into someone else's shoes. So, Lauren has really contributed and pretty much written this episode for me. So thank you, Lauren. I'm very, very grateful for that. So before we launch into some of Lauren's valuable tips on how to cope, I wanted to share a little bit about Bouchette syndrome and gut dysmotility just from my own research for this episode, just to give listeners an idea. So Bouchette's syndrome or Bichette's disease is a rare and poorly understood condition that results in inflammation of the blood vessels and tissues. And then gut dysmotility is a condition in which muscles of the digestive system become impaired and then changes in the speed, strength or coordination in the digestive organs occurs. So in the normal small intestine, liquefied food and secretions, including digestive enzymes, are pushed onwards by waves of muscular contraction. But when these contractions are impaired, the contents are trapped and can cause distension with symptoms such as bloating, nausea, vomiting, and even malnutrition. Now, I'm not sure specifically um, which of those symptoms Lauren is experiencing today, but I do know that she has to follow mainly a liquid diet and she's never going to be able to experience the food freedom that we hear so regularly about on Instagram and how we sort of talk about when we can very ably kind of eat and we have choice. So how to navigate eating disorder recovery when living with a chronic illness. So number one, your recovery doesn't look the same. Now it's almost about learning and accepting the picture of recovery painted on social media, in books, etc., doesn't apply to everyone, and that your personal recovered life might look very different. Now, this is a huge pill to swallow, isn't it? And I can imagine that this might feel incredibly frustrating, and that someone might wrestle with this and perhaps really experience rage, overwhelm, a sense of injustice and isolation and many other feelings, you know, very, very sort of complex situation to come to terms with. Now, of course, as well, maybe eating disorder symptoms numb and protect from the pain at times, and the ED then might provide comfort and safety. But Lauren really talks about allowing yourself to grieve for the loss, that your recovery doesn't look the same as other people's, and learning to create a vision of what recovered life could be like focusing on the benefits of life without an eating disorder. I guess as well, this is probably gonna be really different from everyone, for everyone, depending on the chronic illness that you're living with. And I'm sure that most eating disorder symptoms, you know, if you're living with chronic illness, the eating disorder symptoms are going to exacerbate and probably make chronic illness symptoms so much worse. So I guess by taking care of yourself personally for you in the best possible way, with the nutrition your body can manage and prioritizing looking after yourself 
is going to widen the window of what recovery can look like and hopefully offer more hope and some meaningful experience out the other side. Number two, your approach and experience of life matters more rather than what you can actually do. Now Lauren explains that she can mostly only have a liquid diet, so recovery doesn't bring the typical food freedom in the way we might expect. But I guess by living in the moment and working within the parameters of what is possible and embracing this, again, as much as is doable, someone can find their own sense of freedom and mental peace. So rather than pitting yourself against what your family, friends and peers are doing, it's about coming back to you in engaging with your own little wins and celebrating these, acknowledging the little sparks of contentment and peace and working to allow more of these and to fully experience these as much as possible. So it's such an interesting one as well, isn't it? And I think this very much goes against the way we live in our society. Um, so it's very much having to go much more inwards, really get in your own lane. And I think that can be really, really challenging, but I can also understand how helpful that can be. The next one leads on very nicely from this about not comparing yourself. Lauren says that I think learning not to compare your life to others in recovery and other people around you, but trying to stay focused on your own life and what you can achieve. Now, I think the pairing isn't this something that every human could do with hearing particularly in the world we live in now but again if you're living with chronic illness looking sideways at someone else's life when they're free to move in full health with an able body and so many choices day by day comparisons are only going to overwhelm and distress you so challenging as it is it's so helpful to put those blinkers on firmly to comparisons and stay fully rooted in your own recovery lane number four an interesting one this one and but it rings very true eating disorder recovery is more than just being able to eat now of course it makes so much sense doesn't it as beat say the eating disorder charity is not about food it's about feelings So learning easy recovery is so much more than just being able to eat. It's a mental state and a way of living which is worth it even with enduring health issues. And I would so agree with this because easy recovery is about the food but it's also about finding yourself again, finding your voice, finding your likes and preferences, even if that is limited within your kind of sphere when you're living with chronic illness, feeling your emotions more wholly, connecting more with the world again, improving your relationships in whatever way is possible for you. And of course, staying in an eating disorder may feel safe and protective and known, but it's also extremely limiting. It's a maladaptive coping strategy and it keeps you frozen and disengaged from life. Next one, Lauren says, let go of guilt. Let go of the guilt that you can't live up to the societal expectation of recovery And remember that you are doing this for you and no one else for your own peace and freedom. Now, how true is this? Because we live in a society where striving hard is the norm. It's all about goals and achieving, you know, go hard and go home, all of that stuff. And it really celebrates as well the able-bodied. So if you're living with chronic illness, 
it's going to feel fruitless and hopeless trying to live up to these external expectations. It will be impossible to win and you'll feel guilty and not good enough, but the guilt doesn't serve you. You know, that's not healthy guilt. And, um, you know, I think it's really important as well to have people around you, I'm just thinking with this as well, who understand your chronic illness as much as is possible and understand what's going on for you because of very easy isn't it I think as a society and you know when you're someone who's an individual who's in an able body and you're not living with chronic illness you can get frustrated with people that are not able to perhaps keep up and do the things that you're doing and I think we just really need that kind of radical acceptance of meeting someone where they are where they are at next one number six seek help that really really truly helps you now this is one actually, um, this is one that I have added in from talking to my sister who has lived with chronic ME for many, many years and has found this um, extremely debilitating. And I think with chronic illness, it's something that's so often misunderstood. And when you try and reach out for help, it can feel like going down numerous dead ends. And I think also if you're living with an eating disorder and chronic illness together as well that combination of getting the right support you need might also be really really tricky so it's really important to continue to seek the help that is right for you and you may need a different approach from someone who is not struggling um, with chronic illness you may need support as well from your friends and family to advocate for your needs and you may face dead ends before you get the help you need And as I've said, one of my sisters lives with chronic ME and she has tried all kinds of different treatment options over the years, which ultimately haven't really served her. And only more recently is she getting help where she feels met by her practitioner with her illness. She feels understood and accepted for the first time and she's beginning to heal and find her own way. So if you haven't found the help that is really helpful, don't give up on seeking help. It's easy to feel that you're failing at help offered, but sometimes it's because it's not the right help for you. And I just want to give a shout out here as well to an organisation in this country called the Chrysalis Effect. And they support people with chronic illness. Um, So I'm not sure exactly if it covers all chronic illness. I think it tends to be more things like ME, fibromyalgia, that side of things. But if you're suffering from chronic illness, and you really want a holistic treatment and you want to be met by practitioners that really understand. The whole organization is run by a wonderful lady called Elaine who has come out the other side of her own chronic illness journey. And um, I would really sort of shout out to this organization because of um, they are incredibly helpful. And this is not an ad, this is just based on experience of people that I know accessing help there and feeling met and understood for the first time, which has been really, really liberating for them. So now I'm going to read a piece of writing that Lauren has written about coming to terms with her illness, the grief, the loss, the frustration and the adjustment in expectation around this. I really want to thank Lauren so much for sharing this because it's a very personal piece of writing and I know that many people listening are going to find this extremely validating, comforting and supportive to realise that someone else out there is going through very similar things. So I really want to thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing this very personal piece of writing. So it's called Mourning the Loss of Myself. I'm living a life that I never imagined for myself. This is not my life. 
I feel trapped in a world that was not designed for me. Growing up, I dreamed of all that my life was to be. I was young, ambitious. I was going to marry, be a successful doctor, travel the world, embrace the outdoors, and have a life packed full of experience and people. Instead, I'm 30 years old and stumbling along a path that was never on my route map. I'm single, unable to work, I cannot exercise, I have not travelled and I have lost touch with many friends. I wake up late, take a short walk and sit in the house not doing much. I cannot eat and some days it's hard to drink. I'm sad at the person whom I have become. I still have ambition, things in life that I want to achieve, but my body prevents me from fulfilling my potential. I plan to write articles, do research, read books, but I'm tired, I feel ill and I cannot concentrate. So instead I watch TV, something I never had any interest in. I plan to visit friends and help my relatives, but I want to rest. So I lie on my bed and take a nap. My life frustrates me, but I am helpless and the control to change it is beyond my reach. When I say that I am depressed, everyone tells me that only you can change your life. This is not true. How can I change my life when illness stops me? I know exactly what I want and what it takes to get it, but I'm physically and mentally incapable of achieving this. I never thought I could become this unwell. This is what happens to other people, not me. How dare this illness come barging into my life and steal all the hopes and aspirations that I held for myself. People people say you can achieve anything if you really want it badly enough. I disagree. No matter how hard I try to work full time, my body doesn't allow me to do so. I want to live as my sisters and friends do, but if I try to achieve what they do, my body fails me and I end up in hospital for weeks. I'm not complaining that I have a chronic illness, but I am sad for all that I have lost as a result. I don't want to be that depressed, moaning individual who is always feeling sorry for herself, but the loss of the person that I thought I was is hard to accept and live with. And maybe I was always destined for this path in life and there is a reason behind it all, but I can't help feeling that I have lost my identity and now I'm an onlooker to a life I want but I can't have. With this overwhelming feeling of loss and sadness that comes with this developing chronic illness or disability, it would be easy to allow what you now cannot do to define your life to become engulfed in grieving for loss of ability and the things that you can no longer do or achieve. But when you open your mind up, you find you have a whole new skill set and knowledge base that you develop through the experience of being ill and you can use this to create a fulfilling future, a future perhaps very different from the one that you envisaged, but not one that is any less rewarding. Learn to be flexible, create a new identity and be willing to adapt your goals to your new normal with the use of the right resources and contacts. If you are determined, there is nothing to stop you from achieving. You are not a different person, but you have changed. Allow your dreams to change with you. I will always mourn for the life that I believe that I would have and lost, but perhaps that life was never meant for me. And by accepting my new normal, I can achieve things that I never imagined possible. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's a wonderful piece of writing. So inspiring, so validating. I know so many people that listen to this are gonna derive a lot of comfort and support from that. And um, I just really want to say to you again, thank you just so much for sharing that. And um, 
you know, I just really send you lots of love and support on your journey. And it sounds that you are doing some incredible work in this very difficult road. So I hope this episode today has inspired you with some thoughts. If you are not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.